Hello and welcome back to CDCR Unlocked. This is the podcast of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. And the best part of this podcast is that we get to sit down with really interesting people who do really cool things. And I have one of the most interesting, coolest people in the department with me in the studio today, Serena Calderon. She is the Associate Director of the Office of Civil Rights in CDCR. Serena, thank you so much for being here with me today. I know you are a busy woman. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Today, we're going to talk about the Government Alliance on Race and Equity. For starters, if you could let me know just a little bit about the Office of Civil Rights and your role at CDCR, and then we'll get right into GARE. Yes. Um, as the Associate Director for the Office of Civil Rights, I'm the EEO Officer for this department, which includes both CDCR and CCHCS. So a tremendously fun and stressful position, but really um, inspired me to make a difference for CDCR and CCHCS. So as the Associate Director, I work under the purview of OIA, but I do have that direct reporting to the Secretary to make sure this department has a 100% objective approach to EEO complaints for CDCR, CCHCS. Wow. And for those who, who might not be familiar, what is EEO? Ah, equal Employment Opportunities. And that is extended to our employees, um, our contractors, our registry. So we're creating a workplace that is free of any sort of EEO policy violations. What was, what's your background? How did you, how did you come to be in this position? So I started with CDCR way back in 2000. Um, I'm a CDCR baby, so that's what I know and love. I've worked 10 years uh, on the CCHCS side as well. So to me, we're all one big happy family, and I have perspective from both sides of the house, so that makes it really um, interesting for me because I've been on both sides. I helped activate uh, the receivership back in 2006, um, activating HR and admin, um, activating CHCF. So that was really fun and it really gave me this broad scope of how to look at things in the corrections way but be a little bit more creative. So with 20 years of HR, which is where I was until I got my role as the AD, um, I've done a lot for this department and I've been in involved with a lot of really great um, projects and uh, merges of sorts throughout my time. But after 20 years in HR, the opportunity for the associate director position came open, and it really was the opportunity for me to get my hands and feet more into this GARE world and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so the opportunity was there, and I opened the door and walked through it, and here I am really um, trying to make a difference using my 20-year HR brain and now my EEO officer role as the associate director for the Office of Civil Rights and really learning what GARE has taught me through their training programs, intense every month for two years, um, prior to COVID, of course, just learning and then, of course, staying engaged um, and listening to our 60-plus thousand employees on how we can really do right by this department um, as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So in a nutshell, what is GARE? It's not just us. It's There are other agencies that are involved with, with GARE, correct? Absolutely. Uh, GARE is a national network. So government employees, and that doesn't mean state only, federal, city, county, uh, local jurisdictions that want to do DEI work for their organizations are members of GARE. And GARE, Government Alliance on Race and Equity, is training civil servants across the country federal, state, city, county, on how to do this work. It's very different for us as uh, public servants to try and embrace this DEI, right, diversity, equity, and inclusion message when we're tied by laws and rules and regs and DOM and CalHR and SPB and governor's office initiatives. Whereas if we worked in private sector, we would make a little change in process and make it be, and then we would move on. So it's very difficult, and GARE is aware of that because they are training all of these 
government employees on how to make this happen for the department, um, any department, any jurisdiction, again, throughout the entire United States. I have never thought about gear in, in, that, in that way um, with how structured we are in terms of our, our regulations, the department operations manual, um, and every other agency has different regulations and operations manuals, and that is such a, such a big job. What are some things that you've learned so back in 2018, about 12 to 15 people, depending on, you know, rotation, like retirements and moving on to greener pastures, uh, we had the steering committee of people who were not voluntold, raised their hand and said, I want to be a part of this movement for the department. And they started to get this training through GARE and went through cohorts and met in person every single month and took days of the months to learn about how to be experts in DEI, how to be equity practitioners, how can we put race and gender on the forefront of what we're doing. And so that's so commendable because, again, CDCR and CCHCS are part of the steering committee. We created a strategic plan back then. I joined in 2019, so while I didn't get to be on the forefront of that, I was shortly after and raised my hand and screamed and yelled to be a part of it because I really want to make a difference, not only being a brown woman in this department, but also being an HR person for 20 years who wants to um, impress upon this department what fair and equitable processes are supposed to be like and are supposed to feel like to our employees and our candidates. Um, and then as the EEO officer, how can I make a difference? Um, as a mother of two daughters, how can I make a difference for this department and for the future of what employment looks like? And how does CDCR and CCHCS become an employer of choice? So I think over time, we've really worked towards that strategic plan that started in 2018 that was finalized closer to 2020, and then the world shifted and everyone had to pivot, right? Pivot was the word of 2020 to try and make things work in an environment we were unfamiliar with. Um, and while a lot of people were home and not working in the office, all of our custody staff and all of our institution staff did not have that same luxury. So then EEO complaints started to escalate because there's a lot of disgruntled people and people who are in the offices and in the institutions. Um, and it really helps me get my perspective, looking at EEO complaints, knowing what I've learned in HR, and then using that DEI, that equity lens, to really... Um, find ways that we can move this massive ship forward for a department of 60-some thousand. Um, we're partnering within GARE Steering Committee, again, just 12 to 15 people who are partnering with the important stakeholders in this department. Again, HR, uh, Reg and Policy Unit, OPEC and Communications, Labor, uh, Legal, looking at the different areas that have impact and how we can talk about what we're doing without it just being a behind-the-scenes type of venture. You know, sadly, a lot of people still don't know what GARE is, and it's been five years, so how sad. But really, it helps us take a step back and look at how can we better communicate what we're doing. Um, we did a survey last year, 2021. It was... Um, not the best responses, and it really showed where we have a lot of work to do in corrections. But in full transparency, those results are on our website. Um, and that's so everyone can know. We know we have work to do, and that's half the battle. Half the battle is admitting that we have problems and working towards trying to fix them. We've created demographic reports and um, items that are presented to the secretary and the receiver in order for us to look at that baseline and how can we get better. Um, Again, I talked about the GARE webpage. We have an intranet and internet, so both uh, internal and forward-facing, where staff can find out about GARE, and they can see this survey results, which, again, were not the most um, positive outcome, but really what we needed to see in order to move forward. Um, 
with the help of your staff, Chrissy, and, and others and OPEC, we do social media, we do articles, um, we highlight employees in order to show that we're not just talking about it, we're really being about it. We have employees who've come to this country with different maybe language barriers, cultural barriers, racial barriers, who have been able to support their families with this department um, on their side, with them working for us. Um, we've enhanced trainings. We have implicit bias T for T training now. Such um, a good training. Yes, love if it. You right? Haven't done it? Do you got to do it? I think is it? Can anybody do the anybody implicit? can do it? Implicit it bias is, training. It is the best training yeah. that I have seen and uh, that I've experienced in this department. It was very eye-opening. I went in there thinking, oh, I'm going to teach these people something. Mm -hmm. And I left going, oh, I got a lot to learn. A lot to learn. <laughs> and it's like if you have a brain, you have bias, right? So right. people think, I'm not biased. My best friend is this race. My best friend is part of this community. My neighbor is this. My cousin is this. We all have bias. I have been trained for years. I have, uh, I'm like I said, a woman of color, and I have bias that I don't like to admit, but I know it's there. And so the benefit of learning about your bias is that then you can know not to act on that. Right? You can, if you're biased against something, I'm not saying you're a bad person. This department is not saying you're a bad person. GARE or the steering committee or your leadership is not saying that you're a bad person. What we're saying is if you know you have a problem, let's try and fix it, like anything. If you know you have a bias towards men and you're a woman or towards women and you're a man, let's not use our authority in this department to act on it. And that's really what it comes down to. So I think in the beginning, people thought, oh, I don't have bias. You're saying I'm a bad person. You're saying I don't deserve what I have. And that's not true. The goal of looking at our biases is to see, OK, let me not make a decision as a decision maker in this department with that bias implicit. Once it becomes an explicit bias, we know not to act on it. And that's where I really think we've tried to approach the GARE message better over the, over the years. Um, I have biases. Chrissy, you have biases. We all have them. We learned about them when we took implicit bias training. Um, there's a lot of LMS trainings that you can voluntarily take. And you won't believe 100,000 classes have been taken in implicit bias voluntarily. That doesn't mean 100,000 people, of course. I could have taken seven, and you could have taken five of them. But it means that we care enough to want to do that training, not because we're forced to, not because we were sued, not because there's a lawsuit, not because we're on the paper, right, which is normally how we do things. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best part of these trainings is that it's opening up our eyes to normalize conversation. And that's the hard thing, to, to normalize conversation about about sensitive topics, about race, about gender, about culture, about religion. And a lot of these are EEO protected matters, but there's plenty that aren't. There's like an affinity bias, right? I like what you like, and therefore you and I are going to get along and I'm going to favor you. It has nothing, you like Halloween, I like Disney. If we don't like the same things, then does that mean that I'm going to not grant you time off or you're not going to grant me time off because of it? So sometimes simple things like that are ways that we can realize bias isn't just about EEO. Bias is about everyday life. We walk into a Target or a CVS these days, and you see the signs that are maybe rainbow in color, and they might say he, she, they, them, love, or they might say all people welcome, and it shows someone with a disability or someone who is um, of a different culture or someone who's part of a community that you're, they're not protected, marginalized, let's say. So I think that's really where we've learned in the developments we've had in GARE since 2018 to now is one, um, what can we do in this department that's within all of those laws, rules, regs, policies? Um, and what can we do as individuals to make a difference? Even if we can't change who you are, we're not trying to. We're trying to change how you behave in this department when you're encountering the population that we serve and the employees that we work with. There are definitely conversations that happen you know, these days among 
leadership, whether it's divisions or even up to, you know, cabinet with the secretary where DEI comes up. And it's so nice to hear people, um, you know, a a while ago, people clam up when those conversations happen. And now we talk about it openly. And I just want to say thank you to you personally, because working in communications, you know, I've reached out to you and said, hey, I'm not sure about this word. I don't know about how I should approach this. And you're and and I know the first time I did that, I was embarrassed that I that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I hate that I have to ask. And I think you thanked me for asking. I did. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's better to ask the question, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, in addition to you know training and these conversations, what are what are you what are you proud of? What I think the proudest thing I can say, and this is a shout out to our leadership, is the support that we're getting from leadership. And again, they're helping us not just talk about it, but be about it. And so um, hopefully many people have seen the path forward messaging that has gone out from secretary and receiver, but also posters. And I know that's not for everyone because a lot of people telework, but for our institution staff, we've sent posters out statewide Um, to every institution, every program. We're working on round two now. And that's just to reiterate that we are on this path forward. We're on a path forward to be that employer of choice, to prove that we are um, embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, it's not only on posters. There's a QR code for those of us that can use phones in the workplace. Just like a menu at a restaurant, you can put your phone and QR code. That'll take you directly to that webpage that we talked about. Um, executive support has been really amazing. And so where I'm proud is that our steering committee has been able to take and walk down that path, that path forward that's been created by our executive leadership and helped support us. And while there's always never enough money or resources, the support is priceless when it comes to the activity. Being here today, I thank you because this opportunity is hopefully someone who has never heard of GARE, even five years later, will be like, I love that podcast that Chrissy does. I'm going to listen to it. And then they're going to hear it. And then maybe they'll tell their coworker or their family friend or someone who's looking to come and work for our department. So I think um, that's a big thing. And then executive panels. So with executive support, it feels very far away to everyone in this department, 60,000 plus people, right? It's closer to me or to you, Chrissy, in our job role. But if um, I want to join this work and I become an ambassador, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, and I can sit in in a room, in a team's outlook room with directors and I would never have had access to them otherwise. We've had directors in this department who have taken time from their busy schedules to tell their story about how they started with this department, the struggles they had, maybe the racial issues where, or they felt sabotaged because they were maybe a woman in this department or because they were from Fiji or African-American or an immigrant or from a different um, religious background. They talk about their stories and people can hear firsthand and ask questions of these panel members who are director level, um, who are working in the department and really sharing personal stories, showing that we're all just people trying to make a difference and we all have struggles. It doesn't matter what protected category we are a part of or what um, relation we have. It's really just how does your story affect someone else? And I always say, you know, if you don't see someone that looks like me in this role, do you ever think you can be me? How do you how do you strive to be what you want to be if you never see someone that looks like you? And for a long time, I felt like that myself. Um, I, I always worked for men above me. It's amazing right now we have a woman leadership team, but that doesn't mean that that's the fix to anything. It's it's that, like that now. It might not be like that later. But it's really just trying to be be and feel represented. And I started this work because I really wanted to feel represented and be a person to represent someone else in this department. 
So I was going to ask about how folks can get involved with GARE. I think the 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 first step is probably checking out the website, which is cdcr.ca.gov slash GARE. And what's amazing to me about that website is you can see those really unedited conversations with top leadership in this department just speaking very openly. And it's it's very cool that that that's just accessible to anybody who can get on our website. Um, but in addition to checking out the website, how can people get involved with GEAR? Perfect. Thank you for leading them to our website. Uh, on, on the webpage, as many have, is a ribbon where you can click on things like implicit bias training. You can click on um, contact us would be the way. And contact us takes you directly to the content manager who manages the email for GARE. And so contact us. You can say, I want to be a part. What do I do? We have what we call an ambassador program. We've heard that in several different um, areas within this department. GARE ambassadors are right-hand people to the GARE steering committee. And they get first-hand information. They get um, access to executive panels before they are published online. Um, they get training opportunities. We meet with them quarterly to share and actually get amazing feedback. Ambassadors, I just want to say how important you are to the GARE steering committee. For those of you, there's almost 150 of them in this department, wow. 150 people who voluntarily want to do more in DEI-related efforts. So ambassadors, shout out to you because they give us great ideas. Um, 12 to 15 people cannot move a mountain by themselves for a huge department, and we only have 12 to 15 brains. Um, and so 160 more brains to put together to come up with uh, how to make magic for this department is so appreciated. And they've given us some really great ideas. They have um, listened to us and helped us um, in how their specific area, whether it be a program, might be very different than how an institution would do something, might be different in a place where they have a lot of support versus a place where they don't feel supported at all. So I encourage those to look at our Contact Us ribbon on the webpage and reach out to us. And even if you're not ready to become an ambassador and you just have more questions, um, we're happy to help you. We're happy to guide you to where you can learn more about what we're doing um, so that way you can decide, do you want to make a difference? Again, this is not work that can be voluntold to do. You should not be assigned care work. This has to come from a place of passion, personal passion, and how you can use your professional role to make that passion become a reality in the workplace. Well, as we um, as we start to wrap up, what what's next? What can we look forward to? We are somehow nearing the end of 2023 as, or 2022. We are somehow nearing the end of 2022 as we record this. What, what happens next? Well, gosh, how did we get there? Right? That's the first question. <laughs> um, you know, we have a lot of goals. We want to continue on the path forward and path forward again from the executive leadership, supporting the GARE Steering Committee, and how this department can continue on a positive path to be an employer of choice and one that is inclusive, one that is diverse, and one, one that is equitable. So we'll continue to improve our communication. We want to continue to partner with your team, Chrissy, and OPEC. We want to um, do better as we talk to different areas of the department how did you not know about us since 2018? Continue to take feedback from our employees on how we can better communicate. Could it be that we show up to different meetings um, throughout the department? If you have a staff meeting and you want someone to speak about GARE, we can do that for you. We've spoken at high-level meetings like chief deputy, warden's meetings, plant manager meetings, but we can talk anywhere. Um, when I started this work, I was a chief, and I had 200 staff that worked for me, and I just called a staff meeting, and I showed some videos, and we talked about it openly. Now, did I have everyone engaging? Of course not, but it was a start. And those 200 people who didn't know what GARE was then knew. So you can go like that. You can start small. You can ask to present at your next meeting, 
know, with permission of your bosses. If you feel like your bosses are not giving you support, reach out to me and I will help with that. Um, how do we meet people where they're at? Um, this is not a cookie cutter approach. This is not a one size fits all type of approach to DEI work. We know that institutions based on geography um, have different demographics and they might have different struggles on how to fill their vacancies, how to fill their positions with a diverse candidate pool. Some of those things you can't control. Um, headquarters programs might be different than regional office programs in the type of candidate pool that they receive. But because we know that, we're willing to meet you where you're at. Let us know where your struggles are and we can try and find a way to help. And again, it's putting our brains together. My brain is no better than anyone else's when it comes to imagination and innovation. I might have some training behind me, but let's put our heads together. Um, I have an amazing committee that works uh, on this work and again, all on a volunteer basis. Um, we put our heart and soul into this work because we, it means something to us. And so. All my committee, I mean, everyone is amazing. We have representation from HR, from research, from legal, um, from the field, which is amazing that we have, you know, AWs who can come down and contribute the field perspective because it matters. We don't ever want this to be a headquarters thing. This is a statewide CDCR, CCHCS initiative, not any one area. So everyone makes a difference. Um, as we continue the path forward, I really think that we really just need to, again, continue to normalize these conversations. The more we talk about it, the more that people will feel comfortable. And I always say, if you can't dive into something super sensitive, try something small, try something simple that's more engaging. Like I said, Disney, and I said Halloween. Are we allowed to say those kind of words? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Halloween and Disney, right? I mean, some people might say, no, like, you know, I like Star Wars versus you liking Marvel. Yeah. Oh. That's a healthy debate. People can really have healthy debate, and it is very much one side or the other. So start talking like that and see how staff engage in that. Um, Coke or Pepsi is my favorite thing. I always plug into the uh, awkward silence, plug into the chat on a Teams call. Okay, Pepsi or Coke, who likes what? And then there's really debates. I've kicked people off the island for that. Like, okay, you're voted off my island because you like Pepsi. I like Coke. Yes. Diet Coke in a can. That's yes, my favorite. Yes. Oh, see, Chrissy, that's our affinity bias, right? So now we have a bias to each other. And as long as we don't act on it, we're allowed to have it, right? right? So um, for as we normalize conversations, we can't dive into some really sensitive topics when we're first learning how to have these conversations. we got to start small. And I think that's where a lot of people fail. And even as a steering committee, we went in hard with data and stats and look at all the things that we're doing wrong and it wasn't received well. And as we got better at this work, we realized, you know, that's the knee-jerk reaction is, well, I don't care what you say because feelings don't like facts and facts don't like feelings. So we went in hard with all these facts and no one cared. And then they shut down, and then we were talking to a room of people who didn't want to hear what we had to say. So I think communication improvements you'll see in the future. And again, with our leadership support, we have been able to move miles instead of just minutes um, with a small committee and not a lot of resources. But you have to take every victory as that. Absolutely. Small steps are better than no steps at all. Absolutely. Any final thoughts? I, I do. I want to just share that um, the GARE webpage, which is racialequityalliance.org, again, racialequityalliance.org, is for everybody. And most people don't know that. It's not just for me as a steering committee lead. It's not just for GARE um, ambassadors. It is for anyone that has a cdcr.ca.gov email address. And that's important because you are just as special as me because you can have the same information I have. You go in there like any other website. You sign up for what you want, how many times you want to see it, what jurisdictions, meaning the state of California is our jurisdiction. You can sign up for trainings. Um, you can sign up for conferences. Anyone in this department that has a cdcr.ca.gov email address can have that. And I think that's really empowering because that means you can be as smart as anyone who's gone through a lot of training because you can 
be hungry enough to go get that information for yourself. And so racialequityalliance.org is something I would like to throw out there, and anyone can sign up for it. Just make sure you use that email address, that CDCR, not your personal one. And really that will open up the door, I think, to a lot of enlightening information that even if just becoming an ambassador doesn't interest you, by learning what's out there, learning that there's many, many a department within the state of California that are also part of this um, membership will really get you excited even if you have that little spark inside of you. So I encourage that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me, Serena. I think the work that that you and your office and GARE do is just so important, and I'm so excited to, to share that information with our listeners. Thank you so much. I was excited to talk about it. Can we have like three more hours? I just know, right? I know. We could be here, we yeah. could be here all night. Um, that's it for this episode of CDCR Unlocked. Um, you can catch us every other Thursday. And we look forward to more of these great conversations with people who are really making big differences in this department. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you.